yes yes happy new year happy new year and welcome to another episode of the three in midfield podcast the match report hosted by me of course kojo ko is unavailable darren is also unavailable because work has caught them on bank holiday monday i don't know what the hell that's about but me personally i refuse to work <laughs> i am here and we're going to discuss some football it's been a while um we didn't do any world cup coverage we decided to take a break and actually sit down and enjoy the world cup a great world cup for everyone to enjoy one of the best ever i would say in my personal opinion but that's come and gone and we're back on home turf we're back to the premier league and i thought to be kind to arsenal fans for once and have two arsenal fans join me because they are to put the league in the new year so i'm going to introduce the guests right now uh we'll go first with uh, firstly they're both returning members but i'm gonna go with at at my brother how you doing I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Marcus Rashford's putting smiles on my face, so I don't have to worry <laughs> too tough about my, my many things here. So Fair I'm enough. good. Um, we're going to talk about AT um, a lot more soon um, regarding his music. He's got a new uh, project coming out very soon, and we're going to talk about it. We'll give you a little sneak preview to one of the tracks on there as well. And then, um, yeah, we'll delve into that. But more than anything as well, we're going to have another guest here who. I do a wrestling podcast with as well, which is a great thing as well. Great times, great times. Um, but more than anything, he's also a brother of mine. Dash, how you doing, bro? What up, man? Merry New Year! <laughs> Merry New Year! <laughs> come on, come on. What's good, man? Thanks for having me again. Oh, come on, man. That's the energy we want, and that's the energy we're going to provide. So before we get into the football, though, AT, I did see we're going to talk about your music. Um, you've been in this game for a while now, the music game, and you've been yeah. dropping some, some gems and this and that. I'm not someone that um, listens to a lot of music these days because I'm not really a fan of what's out there. But if I'm listening, it's because I really enjoy it. So, AT, you got a new project coming out. Let us know a little bit, a little bit about it before we go later on to uh, okay. the tracks. Yeah, yeah. So, new project coming out this Sunday, 8th of January, The Wolf You Feed. And without getting too much into it, essentially, I don't know if everyone knows the story of the two wolves from the Cherokee Man. One's good, one's bad. And the son asks which one wins and says it's all about the wolf you feed. So, like, which side of you that you feed, you choose to nourish, is the one that wins out. So, the project just represents that. It's kind of two, almost two sided, just two distinct themes in terms of types of beats I use and um, the way I talk about content and certain aspects and memories and whatnot. It's all about how you decide to look at look on your past experiences where you see the negative or you take the positives from it so the awful feed yeah love that love that beautiful plug and a beautiful storyteller as well that's what you like as well when you listen to a track when you listen to a track story in an album an ep a project you want to want to feel what the album is about yeah. you know not just um a jumble of tracks like certain canadian rappers from the six but anyway <laughs> i'm not here to take shots at, um certain artists i'm here to <laughs> with the boys and we're gonna discuss <laughs> yeah man like that, like uh, we'll, we'll talk about his career one day but anyway um we're gonna discuss the premier league and we'll go to friday where um we had own goal gate um comedy is something i like to watch on such channels as comedy central um you know going to gigs and watching people like kevin hart you know perform dave Chappelle. <laughs> I don't expect to work at Anfield on my TV on the Sky Sports on a Friday night. Um, but Liverpool beat Leicester 2-1. Um, the funny thing about this game is that no Liverpool players scored. But um, Dash, we'll start Yo. with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bro, 
You said you said Comedy Central. That's more like live at the Apollo or maybe Corks <laughs> and down West End or something like that. You know, just them ones that it wasn't even comedy. It became just like, you know, when you just look at yourself like big Premier League defender and you are not able to adjust your feet. You're not able to even take heed to what your, your, your goalkeeper. We've all played a level of football. And you know, when the keeper shouts, my ball, keeper's ball, you let go. He's already given you. As, as a defender, that's all you want to uh, that can ask for from your goalkeeper, to be loud, clear and concise. And when they played that, that, that playback and they actually heard the keeper shouting out, keeper's ball, my ball. And you're thinking to yourself, you still went for it. And then just not only that he gave us one own goal, two own goals, and just like, man, come on, man! We, we like it, it kill it kills the morale of the play itself. Leicester are not in in a, in a good space right now. Brendan Rodgers, and these are the sort of things when you look at it and you think to yourself, like as much pressure as Brendan Rodgers has, that he cannot. <laughs> that is not his fault. Like at the end of the game, in it, in terms of like. Uh, the player making those type of errors and sometimes it's just like those small things are the ones can cost you your job and and like you alluded to man Liverpool didn't even score a goal in that game and um and the crazy thing about it like I don't know if you don't watch the game but Leicester were actually balling they were actually playing it was a game that I was looking at and I was thinking to myself you know what Liverpool can actually be got at you know in, in terms of really playing them um but it just, yeah man I think everybody any like person that supports another club was just looking at that game and thinking oh what the hell is this but yeah man he, he, i think he's like the second player to score like two own goals is that is that correct i think, I think jamie carragher yeah but jamie yeah. carragher was boasting because his own goals were against a, a better club uh being that it was man united <laughs> <laughs> which then um the co-commentator goes oh what are you trying to say like liverpool is not a, a big club and then obviously he put his foot on it. He put his foot in it. But um, yeah, man, it was it was embarrassing. Um, I don't even know what you can say when you get into the changing rooms. But yeah, the luck didn't change for Leicester after that. I mean, at we're following on we're following that about what you say in the dressing room because he, he. I mean, that made a great point. Leicester were good. Leicester were good. Yeah. They played well. Some people call it unfortunate on goals. I have a different perspective, but. If you are the manager and the player, how how do you address that? Because it's, you it's, shouldn't you know, be conceding those. It's really tough because at one hand you want to tell your player to you keep going in it, just forget about it, push through because there's still so much of the game left. But on the other hand, nah, that's you know what I'm trying to say. Do you, you maybe you punish the player because you're like you should be listening to the keeper for the first one, and then after the first one happens. The second one shouldn't be happening. That even if you tell, even if you say it's unfortunate, you should be more aware. You should mm -hmm. be way more spatially aware. Realize how much time you have on the ball. Realize your momentum as well. Um, I was listening to a commentator, and they he, even the commentator said it like that ball's either going in or hitting the hitting the post. So there's no way you should be going that fast because if it's going in, there's nothing you can do. And if it's hitting the post and you're going that fast, it's coming off you and it's going back in. You should have. You should already see that, yeah, whatever happens, I need to slow down at this moment in time <laughs> in case it doesn't go in. I need to slow down, yeah. And on top of it, even at the speed he was going, if he misses the ball, Salah's right there, he should be slowing down thinking, okay, let me get a better positioning on where Salah is because he's the danger man. But in his head, he's thinking, 
I've scored an own goal. I don't want to make another mistake. I'm charging at this 100%. And, yeah. Well, I can't agree um, more, man. I can't agree yeah. more. It's, I, for me, it's not like sometimes we we afford defenders with that um, notion of like, ah, oh, it's a mistake, it's an error. Fair enough, keep going. But on two occasions, he's shown his lapse in concentration. He's shown like I think Gary Neville said it like really well. He said like we criticize strikers when they're not composed and finishing. Yeah, you're seeing that Nunes right now, he's getting all the, you know, the grief in regards to not finishing. He's not composed. Defenders are also, you need to be composed in them situations. You're going 100 miles per hour trying to chase after the ball that's close to your goal. Any error could be made there. So you've got to be, like, you know, aware of what's going on. That, the keeper screaming out that it's his ball and you're not paying attention to that. You're right, you're right, in terms of, like, if he goes into the change rooms and the manager gets at him he couldn't he couldn't feel aggrieved by that in it you, you gotta be like yeah you know what it's yeah it's my bad um but yeah man it's just it was just so frustrating in the game that you're seeing that Leicester were in for it um and those errors were just comical from I mean for me personally I'm gonna put my two pence two pence in here right now I was screaming at my TV in anger because <laughs> because I look <laughs> we all was <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I I'm usually a tactical guy, right? And that's my that's my thing as a coach. I always want to be the tactical guy, especially with defensive plays. But the one thing I've always said to play, uh, young players, players that I've coached at a Sunday league level, whatever, I've always said the one thing you must not do on a football pitch, especially in a defensive situation, is stretch for a ball that you have no idea where you're about to hit it to. Because even if the keeper does not call for that. The way he has to stretch his leg and swing for the ball, he has no clue where this ball is going. His foot is swinging left. His head is looking up. His right foot is tucked in. Bro, he has no control whatsoever. So you're already playing a dangerous game here. Similar to, um, I've got, I can't remember what player it was. Eric Dyer. Which Eric one was Dyer No, Eric Dyer when he, in uh, the game against, I think it was... Ball. was it Brentford where he sliced it so he's just literally That's just one I forgot about that one he's just you I know what I mean you're right if once you're just stretching and you just literally yeah. just going for going for broke basically yeah you've got no control over the situation I forgot about that one I, the one I was thinking about I, I think it was Crystal Palace many years ago he used to be part of Premier League um video packages where he swung, he swung his left his left leg back behind himself and the ball hit his heel and it flicked over his goalkeeper. If you guys remember that one, and I, I, kept, I remember watching that video, thinking, "Why did you even do that in the first place? Was, what possessed you to even do this? Because the ball's not." So you just swung your left back, thinking there. But you don't know if the ball's going to hit you, and it hit your heel and went over your goalkeeper to the back of the net. You know, these are the small things. As for the second one, listen, that's a he's a bozo. That, that 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 one, I can't I can't justify that because. You said it, running at speed, number one, compose yourself. But even then, when the balls hit the post, you still have enough time to react. And he's yeah. he's side-footed it. Prime Rude Van Lister 2003. He side-footed <laughs> it into the back of the net. Fox in the box. Fox in the box. I was fuming. But anyway, Liverpool win. Um, they go into within four points on the top four. So they're still in the top four race. Uh, we'll discuss the top four later on. We'll, we'll get to the other teams as well. Um, but let's move forward. Uh, well done to Liverpool, not so much to um, face. 
Um, let's go to you guys. Why not? Let's go to you guys. I think let's not wait too long on the the, the win that you guys got. Um, Brighton two, Arsenal four. A very entertaining game of football, I must say. Mm-hmm. Um, statistically shocked me because at the end of the game, I saw that Brighton had a lot more possession than Arsenal. But it's a good thing that Arsenal can come away with much so much little possession, yet score so many convincing goals and quality goals like that. Um, but we'll let you guys get into that because you guys are the Arsenal fans. Uh, we'll start with AT. Um, 4-2 at Brighton. Not an easy place to go to, but a great yeah. result for the Especially Arsenal. Especially not for Arsenal. Obviously. Oh yeah, precisely. Yeah, because you've had some you've had some shockers in the past as well. Yeah. Shout out um Ty for his rant on Neil Neil Mopay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um yeah, just delve into the game for me. How did you feel um during the game and after the game as well? During the game, obviously first first sixty, seventy minutes, yeah, it was like Arsenal playing well. I didn't feel like we could lose. That was that was it. And going into it I was like shaky that depending on what Brighton we get. We could, it could be tough. Um, didn't feel like we could lose. We were playing well. After they scored, that's when things get shaky. So, about the stats about Brighton having more possession, I think up until 65 minutes, we had more possession. When Brighton, when Brighton got into the game, they were just coming, they were just coming at us. You know what I mean? Like, we started playing more counter attacking. I like, get the ball and try, for instance, Martinelli's goal was very much get the ball and switch it to attack as soon as possible don't build up so i think that's um and brian brian are a good side man like, even without after potter's gone they're still a good side um but i was happy with the result because it was definitely one of those games i was like if we're going to drop points in this next five game run brian was a game where we could have dropped points so it could have been a draw going into it but we scored early <clears throat> which helped that always helps and we were comfortable we felt comfortable in the first half and we just we, when we got our three goals in, I think that just helped in cement that we were going to win. But um, my God, Odegaard is a special player. You know what? Yeah, that's you can yeah. you can continue on on that before you obviously give your thoughts on the game because I was watching this game with my boy Thomas, and I'm going to tell you right now, I was out there confessing love for Odegaard the way I confessed love to my girl. It didn't make sense. It just it, <laughs> I was just watching this guy. Mesmerized. <laughs> <laughs> Watching this guy mesmerized on the football pitch. Um you, you yeah, you know what? You go into it because I mean you enjoyed him more than I did, obviously, because he's your player. Oh man, listen, you know what it is, and I think AE would agree with me right now. We're we as Arsenal fans, we want to be wax lyrical about Odegaard, but we just want to keep him safe at the moment. Yeah, we don't want it to be where he's you know, on everybody's lips and, uh, you know, rare, rare, rare. Just yeah. let him work. The way you see him play right now, it's not a fanfare. It's not like, you know, all of this razzmatazz. He is just putting in the work. That's the best way I can describe it, man. And, you know, a lot of people did describe uh, Odegaard coming to Arsenal as like your Mesut Ozil kind of type of player, yeah. but with work rate. And yeah. we are now seeing the both. We've, we've seen the work rate because even when he was with us uh, alone, we saw like, oh, you know what? This guy's a real busy body, you know, especially playing in that 10 role. But now we've got more of a hybrid of what he's doing is more like a 10 and eight. He is getting up and down, literally. Um, I think stats wise, if, if I'm stand corrected, um, that he's got the most 
miles like on, on the pitch like he's like he's doing the most running out of any midfielder in the premier league right now and um yeah man i i, I pretty much believe that he's deserving of the accolades that he's getting right now but i can still see that there's more to come from Odegaard um because he's not yet reached that point where you can see a player is really feeling himself you know when they get into that mode and everything's working that ball to martinelli is a, a player playing at that highest confidence you know what i'm saying um Lou, he rarely loses the ball he's always able to get out of tight spaces very intricate and he's not the captain that we're we're really used to because obviously we've come from the eras of your tony adams your you know your patrick vieras those combative kind of uh, kind of um um, even like your granite shackers who would fit the more of a mold of our captain or whatnot but what we're seeing from Odegaard right now is um leadership based on performance like based on someone that's not giving up he's running around he's and and if you actually pay attention he's actually shouting at players he's getting players to 100%. get into positions and especially defensively yeah that's gets on gets on yeah. to, to to them and and you can see that he's a player that's constantly trying to tell the players keep it ticking keep it going keep it going and um you know many obviously doubted in regards to him being captain but i, I feel like if you see it now you understand why he's a captain not only obviously captain of arsenal he previously has been captain of of norway at his tender age as well so there's definitely got something about him and um yeah man long it may continue for Odegaard and just in terms of just Arsenal uh, in, in, in that game alone um yeah I, I'm with you as well Iggy. watching the game obviously we've scored early sometimes you think to yourself oh maybe have we scored too early because um I felt like we sat back and rightfully so because obviously we wanted Brighton to come out so that we can obviously hit them on a break but even Arteta alluded to alluded it to it as well in regards to like you can't stop momentum in a game it's very very hard when brighton started getting on the ascendancy you could see that it was just it was very tough and it is a tough game for us in brighton and anybody that goes to, to the amex is a, it's a tough place to go to and for us to come out of there like uh winning 4-2 which wasn't it could have been 4-3 uh barring you know obviously the offside and goodness me there was about six minutes left so god knows i think what's his name Matt, Matt, Matamo, Matamo, yeah, something. Yeah, Matamo. yeah Matamo. man, he yeah, was Matamo. given. Um, I think he was given. I think Ben White was handing him okay, but, but then Tom, obviously Tom Yasu came on. He's got to. It's, it's it's very tough to come into a game like that. So you can see that we we did struggle once we we, we changed our fullbacks. But all in all, what I will say is is this: these are the type of games that we go into, and you have to win. You come away from that. And you can just imagine how they must have been feeding in the change rooms you know but they must have been buzzing you know what i mean because um those type of games is very difficult and our history with brighton um you know shows that we've not had our best times with brighton so to come away from the amex to win four to seven points clear of man city i know we'll talk about the the league table and stuff like that but all we can do is do, you know do our job in it like you know all the results lined up very well for us but all we can do is do our jobs if we don't do our job then we don't come away from it going into the next game against newcastle with more confidence and, and trying to see what we can do at home so man I, yeah man i loved every minute of the game in, in terms of the spectacle two managers as well 
I got a big up my guy. You already know, man. Mikel Arteta, el jefe, el patron. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've been, I'm, I'm, for me, just to quickly touch on this one, I, I've been known to be a big supporter of, of Arteta from the get-go. And that's not just me trying to boast or anything like that's that. True. It's more in the sense like I wanted to see what our new manager can do. Sometimes we're too very quick on just like, oh, if it's not going well, you want to change. No, like if the, the board and everybody else was happy to stay with him, like what can us fans really say? Let's see what this guy's got to do. And it's not to say that he's accomplished, like in terms of like um, a trope, like success, obviously he's got the FA Cup, but you know, the big successes. But what I will say is we've seen firsthand how our club has changed. For me, that is one of the biggest things, like the culture of the club, the players that have gone out. He And I always said that if we get the next person in, he has to be a manager. Like, that's what we're used to. We're used to having an Arsene Wenger. We can't just have like a coach just coming in and then we're not happy. We need someone running the whole club, the whole culture, so that when we're watching our team, we're like, this is Arteta's team. And this is what we're seeing right now. I agree. I agree. Fair, fair play to Arteta as well, because... Me and Cahill on this show, we we were at first. I was trying to see what he was doing after he won the FA Cup, but then it did do it did go downhill um, a little bit. Um, and you know, there's always going to be clips of people being pulled up saying, "Oh, you didn't know." But we all know there's a time where the majority of Arsenal fans also said, "This guy's just not it." They weren't, they weren't, they weren't sold. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's fine. It's tough it's when fine. you support a big team, in it. It's a tough one because the, 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 there is just pressure on wanting to be successful. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Sorry, are you going to say? No, I was just saying, because, like you said, when you support a bigger team, there's high expectations, so that's why the turnover tends to be a lot, because mm. you expect more from them, so it's tough to say, oh, we, we, we want to give them a chance, because we're like, but the expectation is here, so if you're hitting yeah. here for a whole season, we can't give you the time to give you a chance, you know, mm. you know what I mean? So it was a risk, um, I mean, from the board's point of view, keeping on, especially when the fans are so unhappy, but they were probably thinking, we don't want to turn into a high turnover club and again obviously it's working now we want to see how it ends at the end of the season but maybe what Ateta told them was basically like i need five years i need five years first three are going to be shit. don't even bother expecting <laughs> anything they're going to be bad until i can no 100% all the deadwood getting new guys but also get the new guys to understand and play my system and do as i say you know what i mean so you know that faith and another shout i want to give which is a weird one is to stan Kroenke for letting letting josh Kroenke run and um, run the day-to-day -day. Mm, that was yeah that, that, he's done in charge yeah i came in and said yeah if the money's there we're spending it i'm listening to edu i'm listening to Mikel. the money's there we're spending it we're going to do this we know what we want we're going to go we're going to do this as footballers women so because stan was treating it differently yeah and I agree with that. Great since he's come in, so that's you, you can I mean, you can definitely see it the, in terms of the day to day. Like, look, we, there's so much we can go into in terms of how how our club has changed, and that will be for a different, maybe even a different show, a different conversation. Sure. But we've seen templates. We've seen with Klopp, like when he came in, he said like this is going to take me about three years to just kind of get things going, and then we push on. We've seen with Man United right now. You're going to be willing 
to see as you're seeing right now with ten with ten hog you're going to accept the fact that mm, you know what yes we would accept the next three years to build and push and then to kick on because you want a stable a stable guy most teams don't have the that chelsea kind of you know uh blueprint where you've got the players there already when a manager comes in they just mold it up and then they go for that you know short success and and it's worked for them brilliantly but our teams who have been used to longevity in terms of management it works different because we have a culture and we have a style that we're used to so when we're watching football you're like nah this ain't it this is not the you know we had Unai Emery and you know unfortunately enough the way he plays and you've seen in other clubs that he's been at it didn't suit our style of play so it wasn't the fact that he was a bad manager I, I, I truly yeah. believe that he's not a bad manager because he's had success it's but manager. it's just our way wasn't the way in how he was trying to do it so yeah I man. mean that's that's the that's the thing about um before we move on that's the thing about having especially these two clubs I think for me I I say they're the hardest jobs in football because you had two managers that were there 20 plus years mm. who you know no matter what what they were was thought of one of the or the other they brought uh unprecedented level of uh, excellence unprecedented level of control at a club mm-hmm. and success to both clubs so when you change managers you know the thing is I mean Maynard fans they were split on how the club was left after size Ferguson because you know, he brought in like your smallings and all that. And that was the plan to, you know, them to be, to be the next 10 years, for example. Obviously, that didn't work out. Some some people feel like he left these players out are not good enough. But my argument is, well, you're saying they're not good enough or they were not good enough because of what that was happening now. But back then, Chris Moore, when it was Chris Moore was scoring um, in charity shield games to get us back against Man City and all that, you were excited for the future. And rightfully so. Mm. Rightfully so. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're doing things. I say for us as well, obviously, you know, he left with, you know, he brought in Obama Yang, who's a proven goal scorer, for example. See if he can bring in a manager that can feed off that and, you know, get Arsenal going forward. Someone that can change and do new ideas. But the truth is, once you're used to a culture and a style of play, once it changes, it's going to rattle you. And yeah. you just have to firm that. So they are the hardest um, ones. And quickly on Odegaard as well, I think he's... It's, it's all like the new age of captains, isn't it? You know, not to take anything away from Vieira and all that, because those guys would be able to be vocal with you, but boy, they were so talented. They were so good. But now it's kind of thing where I sort of, I always blame on Messi and Ronaldo where they, they, they were captains of their countries, but you wouldn't look at them as the most vocal players on the pitch, but yeah. they led by the example they example. showed on the pitch. Great example. You know, Messi, Great example. game winner, Ronaldo, game winner. So, you know, that's that's kind of thing. But um, we'll move on. We'll go to Newcastle. There's not much to say about this game. I think they should have won the game because they had more than enough chances. But they drew nil nil um, at home to Leeds. Um, but regardless, they're still a team in form. Um, so your game against them is tomorrow. For anyone tomorrow, that's yeah. For anyone that's listening, that's Tuesday, uh, the third of January, just in case of you know release times and all that. Um, big game, big big game, big big game, and more so big game because I don't think anyone expected Newcastle to be performing to yeah. this level right this now week. we knew eventually they'll build a team but you know so AC, yeah go on you go on first i um, game okay just to touch on the draw newcastle should have won yeah it was unfortunate i'm glad they didn't win because it built more of a gap between us and newcastle um i was thinking about this today and i'm actually saying this um this will be 
as things stand, our biggest games this season are City, United and Newcastle. Newcastle have only lost once. They've dropped points, but those have all been draws. They've only lost once. That so it's more chance of us beating United and City than Newcastle. Because they've they've lost the least apart from Arsenal. Obviously. They've got the best defensive record in the league, I believe, still. Mm. And so and on top of that, the way things ended last season, I bet they're going into that game thinking we can have Arsenal. They're not that different from the end of last season. We can have them. We we're not gonna sit here and let them play play football around us. And Newcastle's player, like Amaron is a different player. But he's on nine yes. goals. Listen <laughs> to I was listening to stats. His previous nine, it took him 120 games to get to nine goals. Now he's nine in sixteen or something like that. Listen, look, Joe Linton, everything. Need that Newcastle team with a how um it's gonna be a big game, it's gonna be a difficult game. Um a lot of people will be happy if we got a point. I personally I want three because if we give them a point, I think that momentum Newcastle goes on. And you know, momentum is a big thing in the top of in the season. Obviously City are dropping points here and there, that's their problem, but Newcastle could come out of nowhere and all of a sudden we're like, Oh wait. You know, they're not that far behind. They the way they play football as well, I think that's gonna be difficult for Arsenal um tomorrow. Because they if they don't sit they don't sit back so like and Arsenal do this thing where you know we like to get possession of the ball, pass it around, but we'll break you down and you know we've got we got nice fingers as well for counter attack. But I thought Newcastle will do the same thing to us. That's the problem. And right now defensively we're not the best coming off the World Cup. Um I still mm. think that just maybe it might be World Cup rust, but yeah, so <clears throat> hopefully Arsenal wins, but I do think it might be a draw. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I want us to win. But yeah. I think it's a draw. I do think it might be a draw. Um, Dash, quickly on Newcastle as well. So they're in a bit of a unique position here because even if they lose, personally, I don't think a loss will derail them too much. But mm-hmm. the thing being, even if they don't make the top four, that wasn't expectation in the first place. I think their fans were happy with a top 10, a gradual build, buy some more players in, you know, but obviously they're in this position now where they're actually competing for a top four spot. So obviously they don't want that to, to go. Do you... Um, yeah, go on. Do you see them? As a, do you see a loss for them being potentially very damaging? Or I mean, considering where they are now, or do you think they'll be fine regardless? I don't think it'll be. I don't think they will see it as being damaging. They won't walk away from the from the game and thinking, "Oh my goodness, our season's you know been derailed or done." What will what you will get with this Newcastle team and what you will get with Eddie Howe now and what he's telling those players is like when they come away from this game. They're going to be disappointed with a loss. That's where now they've built themselves up. Like they now genuinely feel that they can compete with the top teams. You know, um, you know, they're 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 at that point where they feel league position wise, they're there on merit. And how they've been playing is on merit. Um, they've not lost, as you said, they've only lost one game. So they're they're feeling themselves. Even Eddie Howe right now has been telling these players, like, look, top four is there for you. Go. Go and go and grab it. Like you don't need to be performing as if like you don't deserve this. You've been putting in the work. So would it derail them? No. Would they feel disappointed? Yes. Um, so I'm expecting a, a a top Newcastle team to come to the Emirates. And off the back of um last season, it's gonna be spicy because both teams now are feeling like, you know, 
uh, well, Arsenal would definitely feel like, you know, they own Newcastle one. And Newcastle will be feeling like, well, we, we, you know, we derailed your top four. So there's going to be a bit of spice to that. What I will say for this season and how I've noticed Arsenal playing, if you give Arsenal any type of motivation, they're going to, they're going for your throat. And I've liked this Arsenal right now. Like Arteta using old tweets or if a player said something, he's using this as motivation and he's going to use the back of, you know, last season going to Newcastle. And we saw in a documentary, I don't think it was footballing things. It was the mental that cost us in that game there. Um, we've usually gone to Newcastle and handled Newcastle, you know, St. James's Park very, very well. We'll come away from there, like winning one nils. Um, we handled the games. I think apart from the uh, RIP Czech Teote, the, the, the four goal uh, yeah. thriller, <laughs> that, that's the only time I can remember us really um coming away from there and just like right what happened but most times you know we've seen the Burkamp when he he absolutely ripped Dabby's ass and cost his whole career so we've done well at Newcastle but on this occasion at Newcastle with what they're building they're going to come to the Emirates and they're going to be fired up thinking like you know we've done you as you said it's, it's not much different of a team than you had last we haven't got Jesus on this occasion but yeah. we've got Eddie and Keta obviously uh, pushing the front line right now and he's doing well he scored so what I will say, my confidence is quite high for this game. I, I believe we're going to win this game, but it's not going to be an easy game. It's going to be a tough game, but I think we'll be motivated enough to get the three points. All right. Um, well, before we move on from Arsenal and Newcastle, um, you guys got some big games coming up. So I think we're going to try and um, see. I want to talk about your next six fixtures. I want to miss the names. Yeah. And then you just tell me who we can move on. <laughs> I'm like 80 18. right now, so like, I know out the teams that are coming up. There you go. <laughs> out of 18 points, how many do you think you can collect? And then just there. So you just give me a number and then we go to the next team. All right. Okay. Sure. So you have Newcastle coming up tomorrow at the Emirates. After the FA Cup game, you go to uh, White Hart Lane or the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, whatever it's called, for the, the North London Derby. Then at home the weekend after, you are at home to Manchester United. Then you go away to Everton in February. Brentford visit the Emirates the week after. And then four days later, half seven, Arsenal versus Manchester City. <laughs> That's February 15th. Right. So out of 18 points, give me a number. Just quickly, is, that Arsenal, is the Arsenal City game at Emirates? Yes. Okay. Um, I, and it's not about what you want. It's rather a prediction of what realistically you can get. And if you think eight, four, four points is there, I'm, I wouldn't even argue against it because right now you are the informed side. But mm. you have to give me a number. So give me a number. Out of 18. How many points so, what was it, so how many games is that? Six. Six games. Six games. 18 yeah. points. Okay. Go on, I'll let you. I'll let you go first. Okay, cool. What would you expect to be your minimum? I think I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it that oh, way. Oh, minimum. What's the minimum you would you would expect from those. those oh, minimum games? is tw uh, twelve points. Minimum yeah. twelve points. Okay. Minimum is twelve points. I genuinely think you'll get the. I think we'll get fifteen points. Okay. Um, I'll go. I'll go after after twelve points. After twelve points. After, after 18 points, which are the two games you think are losable? I was going to say, I think one, one's going to be City, 
because obviously they're the challengers. What's the if, other team? If City, if City's at the Emirates, we can't lose. Not that they won't be able to beat us, because I don't believe if we lose at the Emirates, we're not winning at the Etihad at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why okay. I'm saying we can't. We have to take away at least one point at the Emirates. Okay. That, that is what Arteta's telling them. What's the other? What's the other game you think you could you could potentially drop points? Every time we beat them, they beat us. They beat us up. Every single time. That is that is a theme. That is a theme. I hate it. I hate it so much. Every single time. That's why. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Do you know what it is? It's like, and I think you've just alluded to it. It's just like from what you expect and what you're hoping for. That's where I'm in the. Do expect. Do minimum. <laughs> minimum points expected. Minimum points nah, expected. Not to not to sound like I'm catting what 80 is saying, but I said minimum obviously 12. I, I I really don't expect us anything below that in terms okay. of like the run of games that we have. Um but yeah, you would be happy if to get out of, to get 15 points out of that run right there would be happy because I what I would suggest was to get 15 points would be um you know you win some games and you draw some games. But within that run, don't lose. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I would say in terms of that. So 15 points, if it was to get 15 points out of the 18, very, very happy. Um, we'll be playing um, teams that are, you know, like Man United who are trying to push for top four as well. So there's potential to kind of create more distance there. Obviously with Man City, that is the big game and i agree with 80 man like we need to take full advantage of our home um tie with them um if we was to get a win brilliant if we're able to draw then in the in the grand scheme of things in terms of the uh, league and how you're pushing for it you've just nicked points off your rivals and stuff like that so in that game alone it's just we can't lose to man city it's, yeah. it's literally and I hope that, you know, we kind of rise to the occasion. I know that the Emirates is going to be bumping on that day. What will give me even more confidence when I think back to our game against City last season, where obviously Shaka got sent off and, and that, I think up until that point, we was balling. Um, Literally just, just a, if Haaland wasn't on that team, I would say we're getting three points. We're getting six points. Honestly, yeah. Because yeah, of the yeah. way we played them, their team isn't that different from where we faced at the Emirates last mm. season. So I would say we'd get six points. But he is a difference maker. That's yeah, a difference maker. Yeah, that's yeah. why difference I'm more maker. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm just going to yeah. say this. For your peace of mind, you better hope he's not the Haaland that turned up against Man United at the, um, at the Etihad. Otherwise, he's going to cry <laughs> in the That was a painful experience. Um, but you know but, what? Just, just to quickly touch on that, the Haaland that turned up against you guys I, and if you go and watch the game back properly, defensively, you guys were just shocking. Oh, them, we man. gave him, we gave him everything. You, we gave him everything you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's games I've seen where the teams have been very good defensively against Man City. And then, yeah, Haaland being Haaland, he gets a goal, but he's been quite ineffective. So I would hope yeah. when it comes to us and Arsenal, defensively, we're at the races where you notice yourself, if you can see the goal, it's like, right, that's a Haaland. Not more like, how you lot conceded goals where you're just like, right, you lot are just, you lot are gifting him all this kind of yeah. stuff. So I think it's going to be one of those games for Man City. It is going to be a, it's going to be a tough game for Man City rather than people just thinking, oh, Man City is going to come to the Emirates and do us over. So, 
Fair but look at where we're at now, man. We were talking like this. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, we, we we will move on um, now uh, to May United, who won one nil away at Wolves. Um, funny one here, actually. I just, I'm looking at the table right now, and Man City are closer to May United than they are Arsenal. That's an interesting one, but we'll get into that. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, May United are four How points behind points? City. Four points is between May United and Man City right now. Wow. And May United play Man City in two weeks actually so that's a that's an interesting scenario but anyway um may night win one nil uh marcus rashford continues his good form after sleeping a bit late um apparently he woke up to his alarm and then turned it off and went back to bed i feel it because sometimes i turn up to wake up yeah, at, like, 45 minutes later is what it is. <laughs> um but he was punished he was on the bench may night didn't play well and he came off the bench and then may night played well and then they got the, they got a w um so I'll put my two pens in here first before I ask the questions to you guys. Um I'm just happy Rashford's continuing his good form. Um it's very important that he continues the momentum because he did he had a, he had a decent World Cup in my opinion and he's come back to Man United in good form. He's the difference maker for the team again. And I feel like for a little bit of self-boasting, I feel a bit justified because when I first ever jumped onto a Twitter space. The discussion about May United was, can you build a team around Marcus Rashford or come back? And I should be a difference maker. And I argue that I don't firmly believe that the next era of football will be building around one single individual. But Rashford is very much part of a big future of May United. If May United are going to have a huge future winning trophies, Marcus Rashford is going to be playing a major part in that. And I was told that's not going to be the case. They didn't really have a belief in him. Right now, he looks at the guy for me and I, and I want it to continue because I don't think there's anyone else in that squad that really deserves to push on and really become the key man for United. Because um, even in his worst form, he'll still score in at least 20 for us in the season, whereas others were not performing. And, um, you know, you, 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 you're seeing it. You're seeing it. Um, but good win, Ten Hag. Um, another win. I think it's now 16 wins in 23 games, which is good, considering how many United fans feel about how many United play on a week-to-week basis. Um, Wolves, on the other hand, I mean, new manager, so they're still trying to figure it out. Um, but I'm just happy we didn't get beaten by the new manager bounce. Um, Dash. Yes. Manchester United top four expectations. Now that they are finding some good form, Liverpool are still not very much convincing. Spurs are, well, we'll get into them very, very soon, believe me. <laughs> um, and Newcastle, obviously, the, the wild card, because they've, they've exceed, exceeded expectations quite early into their new uh, money regime. Um, do you consider May United a favourite for the top four? Yes, because you've got, you, you've, you've got all the the things that were giving you issues and problems, you've kind of um, ironed it out. Um, the managers definitely found uh, a way of playing that's going to get results. And you've got players that are finding form at the right time as well. Once you've got that, we've seen it on many occasions. Once you've got that, that's what you build on. You know, um, someone, and I hate sometimes butchering people's um, surnames and that like that because obviously it's their family name, but from Trashy to Rashi, He's got his mind on the game right now and he's performing and you know many people laughed at the whole comparison between him and mbappe or whatever but i kind of understood it you know we're not saying that he is mbappe or he's like mbappe but if you've got a player like that that can be effective enough for you 
in that kind of ilk, then you've got to push him in the, in the direction of like for him to build on that confidence. Now, obviously, he's woke up late. He's been punished in regards to his tardiness or whatever. But one way you can react is by coming off the bench and scoring. You know, right. you're showing once again the validation of like why you should be playing. Um, barring disciplinary, he's he's had a very very pre World Cup. He's gone into the World Cup with many many also doubted he's um you know him being selected for England because it's like uh, you know he didn't do so well the previous season but coming into this new season he's done well he's had a, 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 a you know a good World Cup he scored goals that's all you can ask for he's a forward he scored goals he's come off the back of the World Cup and he's still scoring goals um get him Martial all the other players playing around him if they're playing well they're going to do well so in in you know in a long um kind of answer yeah i feel i think man united have what it takes to be able to get top four um you know in a team like man united you need to be um trying to get top four and you know all of this is all vindication of why you don't need ronaldo you know what i'm saying because you've got young players coming through you've got young players that mm. can step up to the plate but with a superstar like Ronaldo, that will stifle as much as Ronaldo will get the accolades for scoring 18 goals the previous season or whatever. But what was detrimental was the club's form. You know what I mean? The club, how they were playing in its entirety. So, yeah, man. Man United, I believe they can get top four. That's fair. AT, anything to add on to that? Yeah. Um, Rashford's in form. I feel like the second goal should have counted. Personally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's nothing he could have done about his hand. That was in handball. He didn't use it to. It either hits his hand or his body. It still goes in. I thought he should have got two. Um, I thought I don't know what Ten Hag is doing out there, but he's got Rashford's mind that they're in sync together. Even Rashford not um getting disciplined coming coming out in the post post match conference saying yeah you know I woke up late you know what mm, I mean? accountability him, you know, account yeah. exactly even though he's demeanor everything it's like. It feels like you're like you look at Rashford and you think to yourself, even if you're even if you're two 0 down, you're like, yeah, bring on Rashford. Forty minutes left, something's gonna happen. Gonna, I feel like we can win this. Yeah, he seems re- reliable. Um, so, and if that continues, definitely, I think you definitely get top four. But yeah, look, Fair especially enough. after this weekend's results, I look around you and who do you think? Who do you feel that beats beats United to top four right now? Do you know what I mean? The team playing well, uh, whether Ronaldo was toxic or not. That element is gone in it. So everything mm. Ten Hag has taken the reins of the team as well, which is a good thing. He's not. It, it very much feels like oh, this is Ten Hag's team. I don't feel like there's other people who are also who have more input or stopping things from happening. It feels like if Ten Hag says no, it's a no. It's not a well. Oh, let's run up the chain and see if it's actually a no. It's a no. He says yes. It's a yes, and it's working out for you guys. Yeah, I agree with that. Just a quick one. It's very similar, and you know, I'm bringing it back to Arsenal, but very similar to Arteta's situation with the Aubameyangs, you know, the Lacazettes and stuff like that. It's just like once you take control of that situation, look at the message it sends to the other players. It's mm. like, rah, like you know, Ronaldo's getting treated like this, or Aubameyang is, you know. He has to sit on the bench or there's a disciplinary, whatever. That means that the Marcus Rashford now can turn around and be like, you know what? I have to accept it as well. Because if the likes of Ronaldo's getting, you know, put with the under-21s and all that kind of stuff, who am I to wake up late and not accept this punishment? 
and the accountability part of it is the key thing because you know what that that also sends a message to your teammates that yo you done wrong you've accepted it you put your hands up for the sake of the team let's get it cracking what you then need to do is while you're sitting on this bench when you're ready to be called upon you need to come and help this team and that's what he did yeah no it's fair um quickly on ronaldo on my side just good luck in saudi arabia i guess me personally <laughs> no me personally i'm a fan of getting racks I, I i was not happy with the way it ended i think that interview was dumb um at the same time he, he made some valid points about the club and some of the players some people don't like to hear it and it's the issue about may and that will continue to happen that i wasn't hard to solve gojo let yeah. sorry to cut you you see that ronaldo thing yeah and you've said this you said this yourself like a long while ago none of the stuff that ronaldo said was any secret he didn't bring anything new to the table ever oh. what it was is just that it's coming from ronaldo's mouth everything that he did in that interview was staged for his exit for man united i don't care what anybody tries to say oh it's for the better of man united he did it to what's it no he positioned himself because in the summer where he was thought to himself like oh you know i'm ronaldo man united i've come home you'll probably let me go and what's it go but man united man united were like no we paid for you bro like <laughs> oh yeah you can't leave here for free we can't just amicably like just let you leave or whatever it's business once he realized he was not gonna go in the summer that's where everything went to you know went tits up and that's when he used an entity as the media to get the leverage that he needed in order for him to leave and now yeah. leave him because all the stuff that he spewed on that interview saying oh you know i want to end at the, the top level if you really wanted to end at the top level you would have been one willing and i'm not saying that he should but i'm just saying these are the things that you could do drop your wages a little bit you know because the, the outstanding thing was the fact that you're asking for too much money at your age okay possibly drop the wage but you ain't going to drop that because it comes with your status in it you drop the peas, you know, uh, he must be dropping in his career or whatever, whatnot. So he's not accepted that. Now for him to go to, is it Saudi Arabia? Yeah. You know, in the grand scheme of things, and I, I'm, I'm with you as well, Kojo, in terms of like, go and get your bag. This is not, we're not pocket watching. But for you to be turning around and saying that you want to play at this level, whatever, and it's not worked out for you, and then you go to this Saudi Arabia where the league, if he was switching at, miss passes at man united and players not getting him the ball whatever what the hell is he going to be doing yeah. <laughs> when he's in saudi what, arabia what what i will say is i don't again i, I agree the, the motives for the interview we will know what, what the motive was and we will know what he wanted to do um and whether he was genuine about what he was saying because it's not it's not it's you're right it's not new but whether he was genuine about the whole talking about the glazing and all that that for me that'll be interpreted however people want to do there'll be a back and forth thing on that the reason why i enjoyed the interview and what happened afterwards is because there is power in certain individuals of football and i don't like it don't get me wrong i don't like the fact that that messi or ronaldo can open their mouth and it suddenly just changes everything about a club or how fans react or i hate that stuff but for me that's that's nonsense you shouldn't hold on to one individual that you don't even know onto every word and you know influence the, the club and you so much but what's happened is as much as main United fans have been saying as much as Gary Neville and any other any person said it when it's talking about the Glazers it's done niche for the club and I'm not saying Ronaldo did it for the club what I'm saying is 
unfortunately because he has such power in terms of what he says once he said it it's like the shares of everything man that man United dropped team viewer on a runaway uh the glazers are not making their money may not have 26 million in the coffers as a club forget about transfer kitty as a club that's 26 million and that's all coming out now because you know the fact that why do they want to sell because may not not profitable anymore and these things started coming out more and more after that interview okay why is he saying that why is he saying that trans the the training facilities have not changed since 2009 like all these things had but it's those even those little things that mean a lot because you gotta be thinking he's come home home so anyway he's come home quote unquote and he's still seeing the same things that he was um seeing with nanny and Obertan in 2009 i said hello to him that's when he left like you know <laughs> he's, it's not good it's not good whereas every other club around you the reason why they've been a lot more successful than you in recent times is because you can see that they've changed things and even if it's not many things are changing and that's the main thing um but look he's got saudi arabia the the wage thing and going to other clubs you're right he could have dropped his weight a little but what is little to ronaldo that's the problem you know what i'm saying and i know from hearing it anyway i don't know if it's absolute fact but apparently napoli were the most interested in the club obviously their champions league club um but i don't think napoli are anywhere near really what far there alone i said 300k to a ronaldo let alone wales and that may night but look he didn't get a chance to move i didn't think it was going to happen anyway i think everyone else is quite realistic about that um and he's got Saudi Arabia now and he's got one head of a, a ridiculous contract he, the money's earning at May night he's earning that in a, in a day missing Saudi Arabia now. yeah Mr. his Kipling weekly cake his weekly wage is now a daily wage in Saudi Arabia that's ridiculous so go and get your bag retire at 40 like you said you want to and truth be told as a, as a, as just as a, as a football fan in general what more could the guy do he's won leagues in different countries he's won the Champions League he's won the trophy of his country What's he here for now? Just get out. If it wasn't for certain 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 cases, he would have gone to America. But anyway, alleged, alleged. You know, don't get in trouble here. But anyway, we move on. Um, so he's going to get his bag. Um, someone who is not enjoying his bag right now is Antonio Conte. Um, <laughs> as Spurs lose two 0 at home to Aston Villa. Now we'll try and wrap this one up real quick because time is moving. I'm going to have to try and get through this. Um, Happy New Year, same old Spurs. Um, AT. Spurs are trash. Your neighbor. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even. You know what? They get Everyone's going to see that. I'm an Arsenal fan and think I'm being biased. Take away the Arsenal side of it. At the beginning of this season, I thought Spurs were going to be a problem. Spurs are trash. Mm. That's, that's the, that is the end of it. Yeah, our, yeah Conte style of football. They don't like it. Fans don't like it. Yeah, it's not suitable. Yeah, they ain't got the players, but this is the same issue they've had year in, year out. You know what I'm trying to say? Even, even other clubs, we use other clubs, for example, United, Arsenal, even Chelsea, Liverpool, whatever. When we've had that issue, we've done something to try and change it at the very least. Something drastic. Spurs do the same thing over and over again. You know what I'm trying to say? They're trash. I don't, um, I don't even know what to tell you. I watched that game. I don't know what to tell you. I Honestly, I couldn't, do you know what I mean? We could go through this tactically. We could say they were unlucky. I don't, I don't think they were unlucky. I no, think Aston. No. I think you know Emery told Aston Villa that we can win this game. I I think he that was his team talk at the beginning. I don't think 
I don't think he did an hour. I don't think he did, I think he went in there two minutes before the game and said, um, we can win this game. He said, trust me. Just, <laughs> honestly, trust me. Yeah. The goal, the goal will open up for you. Uh, their first you saw the everyone saw Aston Villa's first goal. You know what I'm trying to say? It wasn't it wasn't that like Aston Villa outplayed them do that first goal. It was I mean, Maurice anyway. I don't want to talk on Lloris anymore because Talk the talk, bro. You know what I'm trying to tell me? was a great keeper. I said to them, listen, Lloris's days have been done. You know what I said they've been done. And it wasn't even Lloris in goal, was it? Well, it was the it was, goal. It was the Lloris. Yeah, it, yeah. it was the Lloris goal. It was the Lloris. It was the Lloris goal. Howl, another howler. Another howler. Thank you very much. His first game back. Anyway, so... um, I don't know. I, honestly, I'm trying to wrap my brain and think to myself, what would you say Spurs needs right now for, to turn things around? They, my they problem need... is, no matter what you give them, I would say in 10 games, we'd be right back here again. They would win for seven, and then three games calamity. Mm. We'd be right back here again. Um, it's more than just, I, I mean, maybe mentality of like, Spurs as a whole, in, in the sense that they might get too comfortable or familiar with, certain, with a certain level. Do you know what I mean? And then, because it's, it's almost like they rise a bit, then once they hit that, once they get that little rise, they don't want it anymore. Do you know what I mean? At, on, on a player level and then on a club level, they don't want it anymore. And they, they start dipping in, that players just start slowly dipping in form. You know what I'm saying? Things you see, things you see a player do last week easily, it comes to this week and that. But you just, you just did it last week against a harder opponent. Or, you know, you just scored a hat-trick. So why can't you score one today? Um, yeah, it was a calamity. That um, that Aston Villa game was just was for me bad. I mean, they had a few chances, um, but it's sad. I'm biased. It's just sad. It's just sad. <laughs> now, uh, Dash, I will ask. I will ask you a question in a second. But I, I'm I'm going to just say this about the Tottenham very quickly. And they have they have three problems: the club, the fans, and the players. And that is an entity within itself as one go, don't get me wrong, but I'm separating them for certain, for certain reasons. Look, the club itself have had many warnings from previous management already about what needs to happen with this club. Their most recent, their recently most successful manager in Pochettino, in terms of what he did with the team, told them in the midst of them being good that we need to change things because there is going to be a downfall here. The club didn't listen. They said they gave him Musa Sissoko. Not even going to go any further, further than that about that player, right? And then they put it exactly, <laughs> and then they put in Jose Mourinho. And the thing is, we all know about Jose Mourinho. If you're going to bring him in, you got to give him everything he desires, and that's as simple as it gets. Same as Conte, because Conte might have a shocking European record, but domestically, the guy knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing, but he ain't done that either. Cool. That's number two. Now number one. That's number two. Uh, no, sorry, that's number one. Number two, sorry, is um, the fans. The fans feel like this team should be doing a lot more better than it is. And my thing was, I thought they were going to be a problem based off the thought that I thought that they could keep the front three fit because with that front three, they seem to do a lot. So even if the rest of the team is shaky, when you get the ball to Kulisevsky, Kane and so on, things tend to happen. But their issue also is they idolise players or certain players that just don't do it enough for them on a consistent basis and i keep using son as a as a as a name as of reference because don't get me wrong i know how good the guy is 
on his day, that's just why I, I hate that term, but it's fact. On his day, he is one of the best players in the league, maybe in Europe. Like, you know, he, he is a top-class player. We saw it last year, scored many goals, joint top goal scorer in the league, had a, a stellar year, right? But my issue with players like Son is Son has this issue that they blame Kane for for a lot, which where I'm like, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to give Kane a bye in the big games where he's not performed for them. But a lot of these big games, he's performed whilst he's played, rather, whilst injured. He shouldn't be starting, especially that Champions League final. He should never start that game. But Pochettino made the point of, you know, when Harry Kane's fit, what, you know, how do you not start it? Because he can be a difference maker. Fair play. But he was injured. Son, in so many of these big games, has not performed. And he continues to do so. And he's not a, he's not a consistent player either. I don't care about the, the Golden Boot last year. It's a wonderful achievement to have the Golden Boot last year, but if you watch the spells in which he got goals, it's spells. A lot of them were dry spells, and he didn't mm-hmm. perform. And then, so that's the club, the players. No, that's fine. And then the players. Oh, my goodness. Um, they're just not that good. They're just, they're just not that good. And it's, it, we, we're talking about it. Laurie is past his sell by date. That's that's gone. If we talk about the defense, Romero's the only one that really has credit in the bank for being a decent defender. Other than that, decent. Doherty, Doherty, Dyer, Dyer in the name, Dyer in the name, Dyer in the name, Davison Sanchez, who is better at seventeen than he's at twenty-seven. Um, <laughs> Ben Davies, who is not good enough fullback, so he's playing centre back. He's not even doing that right. Clement Longley, moving on. Um, and then you go into the midfield. Hoiberg, decent player. Don't get me wrong, he is a decent player, but he's not a game changer. He's not a top four player, in my opinion. Um, you, you forgot to even mention Perisic, who they're relying on some 30, what was it, 35? I, I allow yeah. Perisic. The reason I allow Perisic is because I see a guy trying to make things happen in the pitch despite his age. He's He's there for his final big contract that, that's literally his job there and other than he that, even shouldn't be the guy they're relying on to make things happen yeah, that's the point i'm that's making the point, that's yeah that is exactly yeah. the point you're making 100%. looking at him as saying you have so much experience in this game someone like ryan sesson yon and just spence these kind of guys can learn from you playing that wing back role and let's see what we can do in the future instead he's becoming a key man for them doesn't make sense but the point for it is i just feel like there is so much over rating on so many levels i think the club think the, play, the players are better than they are i think the fans think their players are and the club should do a lot more and then i think the players some of these players feel like they are a lot better than they are and they're not but i will say this final thing before i move on and ask Stash's question one thing spurs fans need to really really learn it's something that arsenal fans did one time ago which very upsetting but i get it at the same time because they were upset in the heat of the moment is what it is but Remember the time when you brought a boo off the pitch and he had one of the worst performances known to man yeah. and he got booed directly off the pitch, right? Don't get me wrong. And this guy's not near Abu's level either because Abu is a much better player. But Emerson Royal has obviously not had a wonderful time at Tottenham at all, right? But he comes on the pitch and he gets booed immediately. And I'm thinking, this is someone who has had a torrid time the one thing you surely need to do when you're behind in this game is at least try and G up the players, try and give you some level of performance to get you back in the game. And you boot him off on the pitch. Jeff Spence comes on. Obviously, he hasn't had much of a chance, so they feel a bit iffy about that. They cheered him. He's a young boy, so I'm happy they cheered him. Don't get me wrong. 
but you've got to be fair to your players. Mm. And this is the thing. you got to one, one, realise their level. And once you realise their level, you've got to try and do everything to G them up whilst they're here. I never liked Mario and Fellaini. By the time I went to Old Trafford, I didn't see him and boo his head off. I just I was like, you know what? Come onto the pitch and try and make something happen. And to be fair to his credit, sometimes he was a game changer for Manchester United Football Club. you got to support your players. So if mm. you can't do that, quiet and don't say anything like you did for the other guys that came on because there's utter silence for other individuals that came on the pitch but you're booing this guy i get it he ain't been good for tottenham and he will go eventually but until then he is your player treat him with some damn respect and support him and if you're not going to do that just keep your mouth shut but they deserve to be where they are i don't think they're going to make top four um dash yeah content where does he go from here because he just keeps complaining week in and week out and honestly me personally, I hear it because I think he's just tired because I've heard the same excuse. I've said the, the same complaints, sorry, from many other managers that have been there. And well, well yeah. First and foremost, that was just Spurs doing the Spursy on the first day of 2003. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat this because a lot of the times, and hey, you know this, isn't it? Whenever a Spurs question gets put to us as Arsenal fans, it automatically is deemed as that, ah, you're only talking like this because you support Arsenal. I'm going to keep it real. The whole situation with Conte, the writing was on the wall from the get-go. He signed a two-year contract, if I'm not mistaken, right? That in itself shows you the ambition of what this manager is about. Not only that, previous to that, before... I think uh, they signed Nuno. Obviously, he was touted to be the manager. No, and then they went for Nuno. He already expressed how he felt about Spurs. Okay, Nuno's come in. He's then done what he did. They got rid of him. They brought back Conte, and then, you know, I'm sure um, Spurs were wax lyrical and you know got him to the club. Whatever, maybe promised him all these kind of things. We've seen throughout last season in every interview that he's had when they lose or whatever, he keeps telling the fans and the media what Spurs is all about. His last interview, he said it like, what you lot are expecting from this team, it's not going to happen like this. You lot need to go through a process. And this is where I keep saying about Spurs at the moment. Everything they do is very synthetic based on the fact that they feel like they're a they're a club and a team that's a you know they want them to be here but they've not gone through the the you know the legwork they've not done the legwork you know what i mean yes you've brought you've done the whole new stadium and stuff like that but you've not even had time to really embed yourself in that stadium yet they've not gone for a real good run uh with that stadium they've not built it as a fortress and all these kind of stuff every team goes through every top team goes through that process but instantly they feel like they deserve to be no like they deserve to be in that place um other teams are getting stronger year in year out they made champions league you see and this is what i was saying the difference that it would have been between the two teams if we went if we made champions league our rise would have been much better because of the players that we've been able to attract the team that we're trying to build would have been you know we can see like the difference of what like making champions league they've made champions league and look who they've signed yeah look at this look at the signings like let, let's just take that in its entirety so no wonder someone like conte thinks yourself right not only am i 
going to be trying to compete for another run at top four for next season. We're in Champions League right now. But look at the players. The 11 might be okay for what I can do. But if there's no Kulizewski, who comes in next? If, um, Richarlison's injured. So if Son doesn't perform well, who's next? They've always been heavily reliant on Harry Kane. And now Harry Kane has become this hybrid of a 9, 10, 8, whatever he wants to do right now. And then they will not have it within themselves to be like, you know what, let's go and get a top striker. They're not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? So, and to add to, Sorry, to add to that, before you continue as well, sorry. Um, now they were relying on Ben Tanker, and now he's injured. The midfield looks lost. It looks lost, you know. So don't let all these Spurs fans fool you now about their frustration because when they bought in... Uh, Basuma, they were going crazy. Oh, this is the type of midfielder that, and they were dissing us. Oh, Arsenal never got in. We beat Arsenal to the punch. They've got the Jed Spence, oh, young player from what's it called? We beat Arsenal to the punch. All of these players they were celebrating, but when when we were trying to tell them, like, this ain't it for you guys, but we was known as the jealous, oh, you're just hating, you never made Champions League. We was like, ah, right, cool. So most times, as Arsenal fans, we don't really want to get into this whole Spurs thing because we're always known as that. Like, oh, we're just hating Arsenal fans. But now you can see what we were saying at the beginning of the season. Like, yo, this is not going to be enough. But because of the fact that they have the likes of a Conte, who, as you said, domestically has proven himself, you think to yourself, that could be the equaliser. But even himself... If you've got a manager that's really just being like, look, man, I'm working with the bare bones here. I'm trying to tell you guys, you're going to need more than this. You're going to need to go through the process or whatever. But with that being said, I'm going to try my best. You can't really feel <laughs> too confident with a manager like that, that yet again is going into uh, the season with questions about whether or not he's going to sign a new contract. Now, you as a player as well, you're going to be sitting there and thinking to yourself, you're telling me to do this and to, and do that, but are you even going to be staying here in the summer? Like, what's the point? So, yeah. this is the risk that they're running through, but this is what they wanted, you know? And I keep saying it's synthetic because you went for Jose Mourinho, you thought to yourself, just because you got the name, that's going to bring you success. I'm not going to lie. When when uh, Spurs signed Mourinho, I thought to myself, flipping hell, this could be a trophy because Mourinho gets trophies. Yeah. But... The club, once again, and what you said, Kojo, there must be an issue, and what you said as well, there must definitely be an issue in terms of, like, the, the fabrics of the club because even a marino has gone there, it's not work for him. Yeah. A Conte has gone there, it's not work for him. So is it the managers or is it the club? And this is what's going to be the overriding question. The, that's the real question that you need to ask. Is it the managers or is it the club? No. Well, we'll see when they lose another game we'll discuss that but <laughs> um but you know we were going to talk about city but you know what time is flying um so i'll sum up that real quickly harlan scored then had a little bitch fit at ben godfrey started muttering to himself i don't know what he was muttering but he was great off for one man started doing crazy tackles or celebrating and looking to the sky he malfunctioned he malfunctioned, he malfunctioned. yes he did the duracell battery was it working properly? Hey, and hey, he did hey. all of that. <laughs> he did all of that only for the Marai Gray to score the best goal of the evening with a wonderful strike. That bent he's got that in his locker. Up. He done he that against us. Indeed. 
Yes, he. Oh, yes, he did. Yeah, yes, he did. So he's got that in his locker. Some well deserved rice and peas when he got home. Was that? Yeah, he slipped. Yeah, he slipped as well. Like, he slipped, stood up, took a little touch, and then whack. Like, didn't even, didn't even need to recompose himself. That was, anyway, yeah. Yeah, top so goal. yeah, brilliant, brilliant goal. Top goal. Tomorrow, Gray, I hope you enjoyed some well deserved oxtail and some jerk chicken patties, man. My guy. Thank um, you, Gray. <laughs> Thank you, Gray. Um, so that leaves Arsenal at the top. Seven points clear. Um, Everton with a much needed point and a place where I think everyone thought they were going to get destroyed, but they got um, a well needed and deserved point to be fair to them. Mm. Um, AT, I'm going to come back to your music before we do go. Um, so, yes, we are obviously just spoke about the project and the story behind it and the release date. What is the what's the biggest takeaway before we give a preview to your one of the tracks on the album what's the biggest takeaway you want from people listening to this album um i want people to enjoy it i think that's always the takeaway for me i want people to listen i want people to enjoy and relate even if you don't relate to the story like literally just like the feel of it like yeah i get it. i get why you're saying this and how you must have felt because i felt like this with my own situation with my own feelings and also flip side of yeah I like, get the fun vibe you're going for here like this makes me laugh thinking back to all the crazy times I've had as well like they were fucked up when I was going through it but now yeah I can laugh about it so that's it and I want people to listen all the way through and feel, and feel like even though it's all connected that you could just take away one song any song and just like yeah I can listen to this on its own over and over and over and over again um so yeah that's the feeling I'm going for and just get the story <clears throat> no beautiful and um I've, made, I've been lucky enough to listen to the project before it's come out as well uh, the full project is a, is a wonderful project no skippable tunes unlike certain canadians from the six with their albums but anyway um... <laughs> drake i hope you're listening mate you know I mean, bro? Oh, yeah. i'm gonna get bad debt direct from drake and his next project <laughs> why you come for me boy because I, I i definitely ain't talking about justin bieber he does a good album but anyway um this is a preview to one of the tracks it is called risk and desire um yeah but listen Tell them that I'm in my bag. We don't take all this risk for free. Middle of the night, gotta make this cheese. Never been gang, but it's still one pre. Cause I said the plug come from the West Indies. Uh, gotta put it all on green. Better yet, double down all on me. Cause I've been through it all, but I'm still so seen. So I take what I make, cause this life ain't cheap. Tell you this is all I desire. Baby girl, Leng with her body on 10, and she still have a voice like Mariah. Has it gone N when I use this pen? You can still get dropped like Maguire. Ah, ah, food for the fire. We can go head to head like cider. And I'll still put it all on the liner. Waking up. Oh, AT, Risk and Desire. I like Boss. it. Man, them looking, man, them looking suave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like that. I was watching the video, I saw man, them in suits. I said, this is what we want. This is our future. <laughs> the thing about it, especially like obviously genre of music is always associated, as we know, like with the ballets and the, yeah. and the blocks and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I like that video. That, that caught my attention straight away. Thank you very much. Thank Love you. that concept. I'm going to drop you the link to that one, Dash. Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, drop it's me the link, man. It's a lovely video. Um, so, I'm going to wrap up there. Free me forward. Um, obviously, the match report. Uh, title is um, New Year, same Spurs, you know. So, me, personally, it's New Year, New Me. Um, you'll see that as the year progresses. I don't know how, but you're going to see that. Um, but, AT, uh, before you go, please plug yourself, and that's so we can find you. Yeah. 80 artist, ex-philosopher, 
find me on Instagram at at underscore tp. That's eight zero underscore t and p. Find me on Twitter on the official at the number again for chat. You know my mind and talk one about Arsenal to Warriors. There you go. That's at. And a reminder that his track um, and his EP story comes out this Sunday. Um, so look out for that. Dash, my wrestling guy, my brother. Yeah. What's yes. good, man? Thanks first and foremost for having me on here. Once again, Happy New Year to everyone that's watching and to obviously you guys as well. Yeah, man, you can find me on, um, yeah, it's a Dash of Sports. That's where I talk about all things, you know, with uh, sports news, hot topics, and trending stories. So you can find me on YouTube. That's where the main platform is. Uh, Instagram is where most of um, my daily news will come up, up on there as well. Also on Twitter with the same handle and also on TikTok. So I'm pushing for the TikTok as well. Uh, one minute videos and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, man, just trying to keep it kind of fun and, you know what I mean, joyful and all that kind of stuff there, man. So you can find all the hot topics and trending stories up on those platforms. Yep, and yes, and we're also doing, as Cole you mentioned, we're also doing a, a wrestling podcast. So just you know, every every week or so, we just catch up on uh, things WWE. Um, so Cole man, we've got to do a roundup of 2022, and mm. um, kind of just see where where wrestling is kind of taking us in that year and what we're looking for uh, looking forward to in 2023. So Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble's coming up next. So you know what I mean. So we can push forward for that. So check out the old heads still talking about wrestling. Wrestling is real, by the way, guys. Wrestling is real. There you go. Yeah, there you go, Definitely. You what's fake? UFC. That's fake. When they bring their names, I see, I see them. Ketchup, I see them. Exactly. Yeah. I see them. On, I see them. I target the next week, man. Don't listen to them. They're liars. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah I appreciate it. Love, man. Love. Thanks yeah, for having me as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, check out Dash of Sports as well. Um, it's not just football, as you said, it is um, covering all angles and all sports. And the TikTok as well, because I find the TikTok entertaining. And um, I want to ask you to teach me on that very soon, because I need to learn. I watch that, man. But, uh, <laughs> learning as well, so I'm pushing forward, man. So I'll help you out. Love that. But um, yeah, this is uh, Frame the Field. Obviously, you know how it goes the audio and uh, uh, social, audio and socials. Free in the field, and of course, right here on YouTube, the match report. But of course, if you tap in free before podcast, you'll still find us as well. Like, comment, subscribe, all of that. Happy New Year! Have a wonderful year for the wins, W's. These guys are kissing their badges, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it there because I hope their team doesn't win. Um, <laughs> we're just trying, but we're trying our best. No, you know what yeah, right said? Yeah, right said, listen, you got to enjoy the moment, man. And sometimes we find ourselves, you know, you're just trying to stay quiet and all that, but we're just trying to enjoy the moment and we'll see where we end at the end of the season. Man. We're enjoying the moment right now. It's been a long time. I, I, like this, I, I like this humbleness. I wonder how they speak behind the camera, but we'll see. We'll find out. <laughs> Good night, guys.